0: Hey there, it's Kelly from Zenimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zenimi.com/podcast. All right, on to our episode.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to starting a counseling practice with Zinimi. We are here today with uh, another amazing, brilliant therapist um, sharing their story of starting a counseling practice. Do not scoff. I saw that little (laughs) scoffing face there, Heather. (laughs) Um, So Heather's going to be introducing herself. If you want to follow along on her website, check out clearchoicecounseling.com. Heather, do you want to start by sharing your full name, your specialty, and where you're located?
0: Sure. So I'm Heather Sigwin, and my specialties are couples therapy and uh, sex addiction and betrayal, trauma, recovery. Um, I am actually in the process of moving. So I've been located in the San Gabriel Valley slash Inland Empire of California, and now I'm basically moving deeper into the Inland Empire. (laughs) So I'm going to be in like the Temecula, Murrieta, Winchester area.
1: But I'm all virtual now.
0: I am 100% virtual. So I'm all over California, really.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. And then um, why, I always like starting with this, um, in like a very brief two minutes or less, why did you decide to become a therapist?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, Basically, I knew that I was good at helping people. And I figured I needed a degree to legitimize what I was already good at doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically it's the redemptive component of growing up codependent.
1: Ah, Girl, I feel you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I tell people that I have a, a little bit of a pet theory that most of us therapists are either codependent or narcissistic. Like either we really get high on telling people what to do and being in control or well, really, it's all, it's control either way. We, we either subversively control through passive aggressive means by our codependency, or we do it by being narcissistic and full of ourselves. <laughs> just a pet theory.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting one. It really is. And I, and maybe there's a little combination of both, right? Like Perhaps. We, sometimes so, we like, we move into like a teaching place, right? Let me educate people because I really want to help them shift and change. I want to help prevent this trauma that I've had. I want to, Create change, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, okay, let me just sit and be with people in the space and help them um, right. come to their own thing of what I already know they should really do.
0: Right. And so, you know, I, you know, I, like I was the kid on the school bus who would, like, oh, there's these friends that aren't talking to each other. They're upset. And I would go and sit with the, the one in the one seat and then I'd go and sit in the other one, totally triangulated, but, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> nine year old me. Um and so it's like I'm really good at hearing people and helping people work through stuff. And so,
1: you know, here it is. Years
0: later, here we are.
1: It's fantastic. I love it. I yeah. Um why did you decide to open a private practice?
0: That one was pretty much a given mm-hmm. from the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I knew even in grad school that I wanted to do private practice. Um, I don't even really know why. It just was like always a given. Um I think, and of course, like the more that I learned about, so, I mean, I have to be fully honest. I have never worked in a um, DMH or uh,
1: agency. Or... i never
0: worked in an agency setting,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So I don't really know in terms of personal experience what it's like, but I saw enough of it that it was like, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I mean, my best friend worked at an agency when she had her first child Mm. and so she had to go back to work at eight it's like she had to like go back to work because like she had to like go back to work for a week and then be able to take more time it was, just, it was so convoluted and she was just like you know she's an attachment she's an attachment oriented play therapist so she's like my baby's gonna forget
1: me you know? oh. and you know,
0: new mom hormones you know you're not at your best anyway and I'm like oh my gosh it's just that's just too much you know a lot. Um, <laughs> So it's like going into private practice was just a given, even mm-hmm. back in grad school. Um, like I, I wanted to be able to help people and not be limited by the structures that tell you this is how it has to be. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, in general, I don't think that managed care is all that great. <laughs>
1: um, mm-hmm. It's very so. specific. Uh, I was reading a, a, a absolutely brilliant article in psychotherapy networker, talking about the research and what the research keeps saying about the length of treatment and how long it takes people to make change and how at odds that is from what insurance is kind of pushing and that it's, it's a very big disconnect Mm -hmm. and therapists are in that middle, middle place, right. Trying to manage that and saying, Oh, I, I want this to be covered service. It's, it's viable and needed. And also like, wait, But what you need is something different and something longer and what have you.
0: Well, I'm like, I saw that you shared that article and it's like tagged for me to go back and read. But I mean, it's kind of intuitive, right? We get wounded in relationship that that forms how we expect the world to be. Therapy is supposed to be a healing relationship that takes time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think coping tools, that's great. Yeah, But that doesn't necessarily create lasting change.
1: Yeah. And the, the article is really great. Um, and we'll, we'll share it in the show notes um, about talking about a lot of the evidence-based, you know, protocol, manually-based therapies or what have you. They go out from the, from the get-go of saying, this is what healing looks like. Mm-hmm. And it isn't necessarily related to where the, what the client says healing looks like. And so there's been some other research where they just asked the client like, when did you notice change? Mm-hmm. Did this work for you? Like, when did, like, when was the, when did you start to feel different? Mm-hmm. When did you feel complete? Like, what does it look like? And, and clients were like six months was like when they started to feel like things had really significantly shifted. And they would say like, they sometimes felt worse in the beginning of therapy. And were like, yeah, that's totally like, absolutely what happens. And then like at like a year, they felt like they had really shifted and changed it in significant ways. And like two years, they felt like it was life changing. It felt like it was additive to them. Um, So it's this just this very fascinating place. Now, as someone who went into school with private practice as a given, how well did you feel like your particular program prepared you for private practice? Like, was it a good integrated program where like they understood that or was it all kind of focused in? more in the preparing you for agency work kind of space? Um, Neither. Mm. I don't think
0: that it had like a bias in either direction. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like, um, yeah, I think either, I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I would actually say it was probably more private practice
1: uh,
0: leaning, um, Mm -hmm. probably because I think the, all of the professors, uh I think had well, maybe not all of them but a good majority of them had private practices of their own.
1: Awesome. What program did you go to?
0: I went to Susa Pacific.
1: Ah, okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. Private school, yeah. like <laughs> 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 private school tuition. Maybe was part
0: of it. <laughs> maybe that was part of the 50 plus grand that I spent on my education.
1: <laughs> it could have been more. I've I've heard a hundred from a lot yeah. of people at, at other programs. So I think that is a, a place, right, that when people are investing at that level, um, I would hope, right, that they would integrate more movement towards private practice so you could actually pay your student loans. Well, yeah,
0: and I think, so I wouldn't say, like, I mean, obviously, the, a, a vast majority of um, students, you know, and when you get to that traineeship uh, part, I don't, do they even call it that anymore? Uh, Traine- practicum? <laughs> Yeah. Practicum. Yeah. Um, a vast majority of those happen in agency settings. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, free labor. Um, yes. <laughs> but for me, and perhaps this was just part of the, um, the constellation of stuff going on in my life. I didn't have a car. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was very much limited to, I mean, unless I wanted to spend like three hours on a bus every day, (laughs) like, -hmm. you know, I was really limited to something very, very, very local. So I actually did my, my practicum at, um, APU has the community counseling center that's right across from campus. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, it's not the school counseling center, it's a community counseling center. So they took in, you know, everyone from the community It was generally low fee. We actually had contracts with um, local Head Start preschools. So mm-hmm. like, I actually went into the preschools and did, you know, horrifically uncomfortable cause I don't do kids play therapy <laughs> as part of my learning. And I'm like, yep, no, nope, we're not doing kids. That is not, <laughs> that is not my arena. Um, but I got, so I got the experience of being in a community setting, but mm-hmm. on a much smaller scale. Mm. Um, and without the um pressure of like billable hours and all that kind of thing.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. And then when did you actually open up your private practice?
0: So I opened my private practice in 2014. No, okay. that's not right. 2016. It's been <laughs> okay. it's been four years. So I opened in 2016. Right after uh when my when my oldest was like four months old ish. Mm. So, you know, my, you know, my practicum was in community mental health. Um, When I graduated, I was burnt out and I took two years away from therapy. Uh, And then I, you know, came back to it. And again, in a very small community mental health setting, and then I finished out my uh, internship Um, now we would call it what an associateship. I don't know. know. Um, (laughs) in a private practice setting where I learned to specialize in sex addiction. Um, Mm. so I had like, I had a really good groundwork in as an intern in a private practice setting. And my private practice supervisor is one of the most amazing human beings on the planet. Mm. Um, I just adore him. I learned so much and grew so much. So that really helped to, um, set a good foundation for Mm -hmm. starting my own private practice
1: fantastic and what was like that first like three months what what were the what were the pieces that like really stand out for you in that first initial startup phase i think you actually you talked about you had moved and you were actually starting a practice in like a new place is that i
0: yeah so i've i mean so my um My private practice and internship was in Studio City. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in Pasadena at the time. My internship was in Studio City. And then, you know, right at the tail end of my internship, I got married. Mm -hmm. And so was living, again, further into the Empire. Um, And then, you know, had a baby. And Mm -hmm. I delusionally thought that I would totally still keep making that drive. And even my supervisor was like, are you sure? Like, are you you?" I mean, really?
1: And like, it literally
0: wasn't until like, I was like, I don't know, like 32
1: weeks pregnant. And I was like, oh no, I don't think I can do this. You're <laughs> like, wait, I'm going to be breastfeeding. And like, I just in the car it would be like three hours. And like, yeah. wait, I'm going to be brain, while I'm driving. What's happening? Yeah.
0: Pregnancy brain is not so good with the rational thinking. So, <laughs> I mean, but what was amazing though. So I, um where was my, I guess, so my first office was in like Glendora mm-hmm. and like Monrovia slash Glendora. I did a little bit at each one, but I had clients who came with me even mm. after, like from my private practice internship, after a maternity leave, who mm. came and saw me at this new office. Um, and it was a really good start mm. to, to being in private practice.
1: Awesome. What was, at, and since you had done, had like such a great foundation with a good private practice supervisor and like somebody really supportive, what were like three things that you were like, oof, I was still not, pre- I was not prepared for these like three pieces. Like what were the things that when you actually started doing your own private practice that you were like, oh, I did not, I did mm-hmm. not know. And I wish I had.
0: I think one of my biggest things that I'm still working out would mm-hmm. be money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just the management of the business side of things, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not just, I mean, like, I think I'd figured out the fee setting part. So it wasn't that it was just kind of like basics, like taking stuff to the bank <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, running credit card payments. Um, I didn't have, I don't, it might, it may have been available and I just didn't, wasn't using it, but like having clients credit cards set up on auto pay. Right. And so like, it would, I would just forget to process things. And then it would be like, oh shoot, there was a charge I should have processed like two plus months ago. Crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then like feeling awkward about having to explain that to a client. <laughs> you know? um, so just some of those like clunky things. Um, I think Uh, I don't know that there were, I like, I felt so well-prepared. So like other than money, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't think I've had that many issues.
1: That's so good. I love that. And I think that piece though of um, what I hear is that like the process of integrating in the business practices when they were like your practices now versus like, and the other place, it was like, here's the practice. Now you have to figure out what is going to be my routine for billing? How, well, how am I going to double check myself? You know, what are my options? For, mm-hmm. As I as I set this up to make this as like streamlined and easy as possible. And I, I had a similar situation where I was like, it's not going to be a big deal because everyone's going to pay me at the beginning of session. I'm never going to like carry a balance. So it's just, it just is what it is. And then I remember I had one client where, and it, this was in the middle of the recession, right? So it was like really crazy. And it was this entrepreneur, business owner. And I was like, okay, sure, no problem. And so then I like opened up an Excel, but of course you have to have everything like double backed up on like a little USB. And, you know, cause you can't keep, you know, I was like, i gotta make sure I keep this information secure. Um, so it was always hard to like access. Um, and then at a certain point, I was just like, I just don't don't even know and literally like the last payment that this client made me after we had like wrapped up he's like I I really just can't afford it I'm like totally no problem and then like I don't know like a year later ran into the client at the grocery store and the client like kind of like goes away and I'm like okay cool you know I just don't I'm just doing my grocery shopping and then suddenly the client is back and the client is like hey I just wanted to tell you, like, it was just so helpful, and I just really appreciate you. Like, thank you so much. He like shakes my hand <laughs> and palms me a hundred bucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's like this deal in the middle of the like going now.
1: Yes. Uh, okay. And really, like, I am. I'm sure who knows exactly how much the, the amount was. But it was like, all right, we're calling it even. Just <laughs> <laughs> such a funny thing I was like okay this is not what I expected as a business owner and trying to manage my finances my bookkeeping and then of course like okay let me like keep this separate and like make sure I remember when I'm not in the grocery store to go and put, go find that excel spreadsheet and put the number in and all of that
0: yeah
1: process. Yeah. it
0: is so much easier to just do credit cards Mm -hmm. so much easier
1: (laughs) it's a real real thing you know
0: it is 100 worth it that little three percent charge or whatever it is I'm like it's 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 paying for my sanity mm -hmm. it's worth
1: it (laughs) I had the same feeling in terms of I had and you know that was even back in the day right when I started um you know it was like oh someone could bring in a check and I had one client where, you know, and you, sometimes it's like, oh, you do it a couple weeks later. But literally, I had suddenly four checks bounce back for the same client. And it was like a whole thing. And the client absolutely paid it. But it was this. And then there was like charges on their side. There were charges on my side. Like there's people saying, well, I don't want to support credit card debt. I'm like, it's a bank card nowadays. It's not the same thing. It's an HSA no. card. Yeah. They're not paying anything extra. I'm absorbing the cost. This is helping to keep them from having a $36 charge for everything that didn't come through, you know, for insufficient funds. Like this is a yeah. much better scenario yeah. than what we used All to do. All way around.
0: All the way around,
1: this is a much better scenario. So um, I so appreciate that. Yeah. So tell me about um, how full your practice is today. Obviously, you've been in practice for a while, started in 2016. Now it's 2020. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's kind of a weird time. You've moved from in-person to virtual. What does it look like today? Stuffed. (laughs)
0: Like, I actually... (laughs) I actually have a waiting list Mm -hmm. and which of course, like I'd always said, I'm like, well, not that I always said, but I'm like, I never thought I'd need that. Right. Um, But I've actually been busier Mm -hmm. since COVID than before. Mm -hmm. Um, Which on the one hand, it's like, I guess like when you're a health care professional and you're busy, it's like good for the business, like rough that people are going through a hard time. Like that's why I'm busy. But It's true. I think obviously, you know, there's so much that we can sweep under the rug when we're spending 10 hours a day away from home,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? 10 plus hours. And, you know, being more or less still, even though it's a far suburb of LA, it's still a suburb of LA where I Mm -hmm. live and, and work. And so people are spending 10, 12 hours a day getting to and from work. If you're only interacting with your family one to two hours a day, you let stuff go stuff, you know, you don't have to deal with stuff. Mm -hmm. And now that people are in each other's space all day, every day for months on end. I mean, I've had people who, I mean, like longstanding stuff has come to the surface, but then I've also had couples where, you know, they have differences on like, how do we interact around COVID? Do we go out? Do we not go out? Do we interact with family? Do we think this is a big deal? Do we not think this is a big deal? I mean, I mean, there's, there's been so much that has come up this year, that Mm -hmm. even couples have diverging opinions about that, that also brings other stuff to the surface. So I've been completely full. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I'm completely cash pay. I don't do anything with insurance at all. Um, Mm and I'm full. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was there a part of you when everything started with COVID that was like a little nervous or wondering, like, it's a pandemic, everyone's going to lose their jobs, my practice is going to fall apart? Like, was there any part of you that was fearful for a moment? Or um, three? <laughs> okay.
0: Not too much. I mean, like, I had a, I did have a little bit of a dip at first, mm-hmm. right? Because, of course, I think we were all coming from this, like, all right, it'll be like, you know, maybe two, three weeks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Not like bless our hearts, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Weren't we so sweet and innocent, you know? Um, so like that first because I actually had clients scheduled that Friday because, of course, so I'm in California, we shut down March 13th. I had clients that day, and so I was like, Oh, well, now suddenly we can't meet, so uh, what should we do? And I think I had like one or two that were like, Okay, with meeting virtual because I'd done a little bit of you know a session or two here and there, virtual, Mm -hmm. um, but like massively switch all of a sudden a few people were like, well let's just see how this plays out. So like those next two weeks were a little iffy and then it's been crazy ever since. I've been completely mm-hmm. booked above and beyond. And sorry if you can hear that long while we're outside. No, okay apparently it's landscaping
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um <coughs> pardon me. Um when you think about that piece, when you say stuff, talk about what it's like to determine what full is like for you and how to set those boundaries because that is a hard place when you're looking at like, oh, wait, I could like, wow, I could really increase my income. Like, that's great for my family, but like, wait, is that really great for my family? And is, am I taking away from other clients if I just say yes to everybody and I burn myself out? Like, how have you been navigating that?
0: Yeah, yes to all those questions (laughs) Um, and I think, probably on top of what we're all going through right now. Um, So I had a baby last July. Um, So and then five weeks later, my husband had multiple strokes. Um, He's fine now. Mm -hmm. But you know, here I was with a newborn, a three year old and a husband who was on disability for three months, we weren't sure if he was going to work, he was having issues with his vision. His vision is still not 100%. So like, you know, and this is like last fall. Yeah. And then, you know, he had just gotten back to work, say over like the last, over like three, four months and then COVID hits. And it's like, what? <laughs> so, you know, from like July of 2019 to this summer, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, fast forwarding past that, you know, you know, so my husband has some health stuff. He had pre existing health stuff too. Um, You know, we had, you know, he had a little health glitch in May um, that, and we were like, nope, that's it. You're not working anymore. We will be a single income family. We will make it work. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so for me, it's like the, the weight of like, oh my gosh, my family's entire survival is on me. And while there is like a weight of responsibility to that, it was not like, oh my God, you know, everything's going to fall apart and it's all going to be a disaster. It's like, okay, well, we can make that work. It's fine. And so in that next, you know, I could fast forward through multiple things, but my husband's actually back at work. They changed his job description, like various things have transpired. It's been a lot. I don't even know <laughs> how else to say it, but like, I never had any fear that my practice would fall apart. Like even in the midst of all of these changes, it's like, okay, well, we'll figure it like, I'll figure it out. And, um, you know, um, the population that I work with also tends to be more stable in terms of, you know, their, their job structures, their income. So they weren't as disrupted as maybe many other people's population mm-hmm. would mean. Um, so, you know, and in fact, many people have actually said it's been great for them to switch to virtual because rather than, you know, having to spend two hours away from whatever their other life circumstance brings up, it's only the, the one hour, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually doing couples work, it's hard to get three people's schedules coordinated, but with, with two people being at home, you know, it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like we just, we just hop on these calls now. It's like, it's such a part of normal life now. Um, mm-hmm. I think so many barriers just got pushed through. Um, so, but it has had me ask the question of like, how do I manage my own energy? Mm. Um, and, um, I'm definitely, I have, I have, let me rephrase verbiage, very important verbiage. I have a tendency to, uh, not take care of myself. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created business school for therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision, to setting your fee, to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly therapistbusinessschool school to get started. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to see five or six clients in a row with mm-hmm. the, what should be 10 minutes, but oftentimes there's only five <laughs> breaks in between where I'm like, did I eat today? You know, like, I think I did. Oh yeah. I grabbed some nuts between, clients, you know? And then my husband looks at me, he's like, you need like, you need to eat a real lunch. And I'm like, okay. You know? So like, I started actually putting breaks into my schedule and like, yes. I, and I know for myself, like I can do five clients a day and actually mm-hmm. be at my best for all of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can pull off six, um, on occasion, but not mm-hmm. as a norm. Mm-hmm. And for sure, I cannot do more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, like on some kind of maybe rare oddity type of a thing I could, pull yeah. off, but like, there's no way I'm pulling eight to 10 hour days.
1: Mm-mm. And it's not necessary
0: it's not and you know because i own my own business because mm-hmm. i am a private practice i do get to set my schedule and sometimes i forget that um mm-hmm. and it's like and you know my husband's like well can't you like he's like, don't you set your schedule And i'm like yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> so like, I'm, I, it does make me constantly confront some of my people-pleasing tendencies because i'm like but i don't want to tell my clients things you know like i don't want to change your schedule again and i'm like okay but i have to right yeah. so like this is know, life this is you know and and it works like i think we're we're afraid to and i think too like uh it's like well this is just how it is right this mm-hmm. is how it is it's a it's a 15 minute therapy hour and this is what this looks like and this is what that looks like and this is how we do what we do mm-hmm. and particularly with COVID. I'm like, but does that work? Like, why, why do we do the things that we do? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, does anyone ever stop to ask, does this actually work? Mm -hmm. And if it works, does it work well? Is it sustainable? Um, You know, I tell my clients, I have a very thorough consultation call (laughs) Mm -hmm. and a very thorough paperwork process. So from day one, like we hit the ground running
1: Mm -hmm. And part of
0: my intake process is I tell them, I'm like, my, my goal is to get myself out of your life as quickly as possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to see you forever at the same time. Like, like I want our work to be efficient and effective.
1: And -hmm. the truth is
0: like, that does take, I mean, my clients stay with me oftentimes for a year or two or sometimes more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want, I want our work together to be meaningful and impactful every single time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that means that we have to be really intentional. Like this is not a chit chat. So like the yeah. question of like, well, how is therapy different than just hanging out with my friend? I'm like, well, with me it's different. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> with everyone else, but is definitely different.
1: I thought I wanna I wanna there was a couple things you glossed over. There's like I feel like we could like talk for a week. This is fantastic. But let's let's go back for a second to a couple things. Okay, so one, what would be your advice? to another private practice owner whose spouse is going through a health crisis. What did you, what was one one or two of your takeaways about how to navigate that or self-talk or advice that if somebody else was dealing with that kind of a oh my goodness, my spouse is in health crisis, what do I do and how do I manage that? What were your takeaways? Um
0: I think learning to be flexible and have grace for yourself and the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like there was just so many unknowns, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we gonna need to go to the emergency room this week? I don't know, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and I think also like preparing clients for that. So that's actually part of my informed consent. I'm like, I'm a mom of two young kids and I have a spouse with health issues that might mean that I might have to late cancel sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think sometimes, you know, when you have those kinds of things in your family, it shifts your perspective to, you know, not to, not to be um, callous, but it's like everyone else can suck it up and deal. Like mm-hmm. my family comes first. My mm-hmm. life will, will revolve around my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, and, and you will, like when you start off from that frame of mind, you get people around you who deal with it, you know mm-hmm.
1: um, and you know, who understand that like you, it, you're you're giving of yourself exactly what you would tell them to give of themselves that if a couple said, "Oh my goodness, look, go take care of your kid, like go take care of your kid, go take care of your spouse, like do not come to my session sick, you know like you're going to know how to navigate that and say, of course, if you're taking your spouse to the emergency room, that's what you need to do. Like, that's just right. a thing, right? So yeah. I love that. And I love that piece of um, even integrating into informed consent and preparation, not just for your clients, but also for yourself, as for someone who is a people pleaser to. Like, I'm like, to pre- I
0: forewarned you, I let you know. <laughs>
1: You had the moment in the beginning with informed consent where you could been like, "I don't like that," and you'd be like, "Cool, let me refer you out because <laughs> this is this is my life and this is this is the reality."
0: And I think that when you, you know, um, I listened to um, you and Kelly share. I think you shared about it in boot camp, and then um, you also shared about it at therapy reimagined, the whole informed consent and the parent thing, mm-hmm. which was freaking
1: hysterical Uh, I was like oh oh wow oh wow (laughs) (laughs) for those of you who are listening who are like what is going on so Kelly showed up to uh to do brain spotting therapy virtually with a therapist who did not warn her that he had a parrot present in the sessions that would be talking incessantly and regularly into the session so it's like you know a parent, they're about a three or four year old. If you were to like translate that into, um, you know, children or human speak. So <laughs> it was like they had their three or four year old present in every session while she was doing this very intense brain spotting work. So it was just this very like, wait, okay, if you're going to do that, you got to like let people know. Like maybe it's maybe it's not an issue for other people. It was an issue for her. It definitely be an issue for me. Like we gotta, we, we need to really like show up for our clients and let them know. Cause they don't know what therapy is like, um, in general. And they definitely don't know what therapy is like with you.
0: Exactly. And so I, like I said, I do, like, I actually forewarn people. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them I'm like my informed, like my, my, my paperwork packet, if you will, is long it's mm-hmm. it's multiple page i mean so just my assessments is 10 pages mm-hmm. i have 10 documents in my like there is an anxiety assessment depression a ptsd like i i'm like let's use all of it let me gather as much information as i can from you rather than utilizing this precious session time for that mm-hmm. um and i tell people on my intake call i'm like look when people get to me i use the script right i totally use the script she's um, uh, <laughs> talking like, about
1: the script from our our business school boot camp Heather is a as a boot camp alum and lifetime member
0: <laughs> um, I tell them like you know I this is how I show up right mm-hmm. so when people come to me I know that like they're at their with end. they needed something to change oftentimes five ten fifteen years ago mm-hmm. and so we don't have time to waste we don't have time to beat around the bush we don't have time to sit here and like Sit in a cloud of marshmallows and just have a feel-good session, right? This is mm-hmm. not a pep talk. Mm-hmm. So I tell them I'm like, I consider myself a tough love therapist. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're gonna get compassion and empathy. And yes, we're gonna talk about your mother. Like, yes, <laughs> we're gonna do all the <laughs> things. And I'm gonna tell you what I really think. I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. it like it is. I'm going to confront you. I'm going to challenge you. Um, sometimes, like if I think you're full of crap, I'm gonna tell you you're full of crap. Mm-hmm. Um And like, whatever's getting in your way, if I see it, I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and when I kind of do my little check-in of like, how does that sound? Vast majority of people are like, oh, that would be great. Like, it's like it's it's like a relief to them that, that that's what they're going to get. And like, now for some people, I do also say to some people, I'm like, that might be too much for some people. Sometimes what you need is someone to sit with you in a cloud of marshmallows and and tell you that you're okay. That is a perfectly valid form of therapy. I did it myself for years, <laughs> you know, yeah. both, both giving and receiving. You're like, it's a really good way to be with another person. And then there's times where we need the balance of empathy and a kick in the tush.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that is more the work
1: that I do. Um, so- I love that. I love it. Cool. And, and again, that you've been able to really um, verbalize your brilliance, that you can communicate that to other people and, and give them a chance to go, oh yes, that's what I need. Or, oh no, that's not what I want. Cause that's what real informed consent is. Mm-hmm. I wanna go back to another thing that we touched on briefly Um, which was that being in a place of such confidence in your business that when your husband needed to take off of work, your spouse, the idea that you could say, you know what, we will be a single income family. We'll budget, we'll do whatever we need. But like, I trust my business Mm -hmm. to support our family. Mm -hmm. And that is not always a common experience, A, for a therapist to have, and be for a woman to have, mm. right? That a woman would feel confident, especially a female therapist would feel confident to say, I'm going to take care of our family and our, and our kids. I have been in that position <laughs> as well. Right. Mm. Um, so I, I understand what that's like, but what do you think were the things that happened prior to that moment that in that moment allowed you to feel confident to say, Hey, we can do this and shift and it's going to be Okay.
0: That's a good question. It's funny, like hearing you say that. I'm like, oh yeah, I am a woman. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw like the look
0: on your face. Like, actually, it didn't even it's like that. Didn't even occur to me that that would be an issue, like at
1: all. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and it, but it, if you look at it like systemically and like from a society kind of a perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna also call something out because you talked about like liking the honesty part, right? there's probably a lot of people who are like listening to this in the beginning when you're like, I didn't even consider private practice. Like that's not even a thing for me. And there's probably a lot of people being like, I bet this is some privileged white woman. Um, White
0: (laughs) woman is correct. Privilege inherent to being white. Yes. Um, yes. I'm like, I grew up poor. Uh, My family was on welfare when I was a preteen and early teenager. Yeah.
1: I mean, we all have some degree of adversity in our lives. Uh, yeah. But I, I think there's, so, there's some pieces yeah. there, right. Of yeah. Like there are, there are the visions that we make up in our head, right. And expectations of, oh, and then when they hear like, oh, she's married. So it's probably her spouse was able to like pick up the slack, which is a very common thing mm-hmm. that happens in, in for therapists for and therapist, female therapists. Yeah. And there are a lot of single therapists, I know they're listening to this going like, oh, well, can I do this when I'm on my own? Maybe, you know, it feels like the only people who are successful is they had like a spouse for, self, for health insurance or they had a spouse to like mm-hmm. pick up the, the slack if things slowed down. And so I just wanted to highlight that for a moment because I've just heard that so much from, um, from therapists, especially single therapists, and then especially female therapists feeling like. Can I really support myself? Could I really support my family? Like, is this really a thing that I could do? And I think you're an excellent, you know, example of like, yes, this is this is really a thing. This is a thing. And I,
0: I think that's where boot camp has helped me so much. Hmm. Um, like, I, I think I signed up for boot camp right after I started my private practice. Like, I'd been following you guys for a long time and I like I hopped on every every webinar I'm like I'm here you know (laughs) mostly because I'm like I want to win the free boot camp
1: (laughs) I remember you were always chatty too you're like I'm gonna be here I'm gonna I'm putting my energy out it's gonna be okay
0: um and then of course like you know that last time I'm like all right it's worth it and I'm Mm. it's I'm like i'm hesitating to say this but it's true it's underpriced mm. <laughs> it is it because there is so much out there that is uh similarly priced but it's like six weeks right and there's no way you can take all this in in six weeks
1: mm-hmm. i mean i think I
0: so i signed up for boot camp so, like, I think it was the fall of 2016.
1: It was uh, it was um, March of 2017. I well, didn't look no, it up.
0: Oh, <laughs> no. So, that, that's my first boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. So, was that like six cycles in now at, some, at this point? And I I don't like, you don't go back in and do 100% of boot camp every single time, but I still go in, and even if I don't like fully dive in in terms of engagement in the community, like, I for myself, go back in and ask myself questions and work through materials and rehash some things out. And you guys add new stuff too, which is freaking awesome. Like, like you can't get anything better than that. Uh, I remember this is a couple of years ago. So I mean like two years after boot camp, right. But I was just, you know, you know how people like coaches will like offer their little like free discovery session calls or whatever. Yeah. I've hopped on a few of those just because we know why not? It's a free thing. Right? You know, why not get someone's feedback? And, you know, then you do the, the chat of, you know, what the investment would be. And I remember one person who barely had anything on her website. She had a few testimonials from other therapists and she specialized in coaching therapists and it was $10,000 for a weekend (laughs) and with like zero, like nothing to demonstrate to me that it would be valuable at all other than hopping on this free one hour phone call. And I'm like, you want me to give you $10,000? for this, you know, talking to you for an hour. That's insane. <laughs> like it's that's absolutely insane. But I'm like, obviously somebody has signed up for this, but I'm like, it's probably because they didn't know about bootcamp. <laughs> 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 um, just the, um, so like me being able to say that I'm a hundred percent and I've never taken insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent cash pay. I am Mm, I'm more expensive. I mean, I'm probably like in the 80 or 85th percentile of what people charge. I definitely mm-hmm. charge more than the average therapist. I don't charge as much as some people though. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I hear what other people charge, I'm like, Oh dear God, they're <laughs> definitely not worth that. <laughs> you
1: know? It's, it's, a, it's a, we all have our stuff, right? We're like, wait, is that really, what is that? And it all, it's all money stuff. when we get into those comparison things, but So like, no, I'm talking about
0: people where I'm like, Oh, like this part, like coaches, for example, like coaches (laughs) with quotations, because anyone can put that label on themselves. And then, and then I get the fallout that comes into my office where they say this therapist said this. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of helping professionals, (laughs) that's not okay. You know,
1: my, my favorite one of those was I got a, a couple that came in and they tell me and it was a referral. It was like, they had come from another therapist. And so I didn't do my full assessment Mm. and I didn't screen for domestic violence Mm. because I made the assumption that if they were doing couples work, that that person would have already screened that out. Mm. So they come in and they start telling this story, this horrible story that ended in arrests and violence and someone almost, you know, like being like, bruises all over their neck just terrible stuff and the they went in and told this story to another therapist and the therapist listened and said go go home and be nice to each other that was literally the intervention and when they came in to me and I said look you guys are not ready for couples therapy and here's why and this is really concerning and you need your therapist and you need your therapist. they're like, yeah, like we're in agreement. Like everybody was on the same page that like, no, that was weird. Like that was I, like, people I were just, in jail and people were, d- were injured and like, this is not okay.
0: I just had a couple that I started with last week and they were seeing a couple therapist.
1: I'm gonna pause cause I don't want to go into, do not, Heather, you know better. This is on a, this is too broad. Well, well, okay,
0: let me let me repackage. Because this has happened on more than one occasion. Okay. Where a couples therapist's advice is go out on date night. You guys just need date night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, there's been massive betrayal and like complete epic loss of trust in this relationship. Going out for an ice cream cone or fro yo is not gonna help. <laughs>
1: No, we have ten thousand dollars of charges from the exotic dancer and the and the and the escort and all the things. Like no, uh, like no, that's not a thing.
0: And that is my world. I mean, like I do. I I have had more than one client with six figures in sexual acting out debt
1: that their partner
0: didn't know about. Yeah. And when that revelation comes up, I mean it. I like. I feel really strongly about it because it shatters people's lives and I have to have conversations with people about, okay, so that marriage is over. The marriage that you thought you had is over. And as sad as that is for people, it's also really liberating Mm -hmm. that now I might have the freedom to still choose this person, Mm
1: -hmm. but also
0: reshape the relationship.
1: Mm Oh so much good stuff. Like what we do is so cool. It is. Oh my gosh. Well, I know that we have gone like way over <laughs> our normal, like short podcast thing, but um, for those of you who are listening, I hope that you uh, took some goodies away. Um, let's wrap it up with what is, if there was one piece of advice um, that you wanted to give to whether it is somebody who's starting from scratch in a new city like you Mm -hmm. Or somebody who's in the it doesn't really matter, just one piece of advice to other private practice owners that you wish like this is this is the takeaway from me, Heather, to you. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm gonna cheat and do a a slight double.
1: Okay, double's good.
0: Networking is -hmm. your best friend. Mm -hmm. Get into boot camp and network with them. (laughs) I (laughs) mean my closest my closest mm-hmm. colleagues, I look around. They're all they're all from boot camp. In boot camp, I met them through boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, geographically we connect and we we cross refer to each other. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is because because boot camp helps you to actually identify what you're good at.
1: You're mm-hmm. also
0: really confident to refer out to the stuff that you're not good at. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you can refer to people who are confident in what they're good at and it's not the stuff that you're good at, mm-hmm. like. I only refer to people who are specialists. Mm -hmm. If you tell me that you work with ages three to 80 and you specialize in 15 different things, I'm like, okay, so you don't know anything. Now (laughs) that's a little bit biased, I admit, but like, I, I want my referrals to be good referrals. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. And so when you network with people and you know what they do and you, you know their strengths and they know yours, it will build your practice. Because mm-hmm. people will know how to trust you with certain things, and you build a relationship with with colleagues, and you get to know them; they get to know you, and it's—I mean, they're my friends too. Yeah, you know, it's they're a
1: personal relationship. I think the other thing too that is, and it's something we didn't talk about a lot in the very beginning, and I think we didn't even realize we did it when we built boot camp. We didn't realize we did, but we didn't. How much clinical training we infuse into every aspect of boot camp? That my work as a as a faculty, Kelly and my work as clinical supervisors, like all the clinical consultation that we're doing, all of that is like infused in this kind of like effortless way into every aspect. When you, when you talk with other therapists who haven't been through a process of like really of like extensive training for private practice, you realize like they don't know how to have a conversation on the phone and do an appropriate intake. They don't know how to screen people out. They don't know how to like really look at what informed consent is and how to do that. They don't know how to make sure that their business processes are really like supportive of the client experience and like kind of like, you know, should really show up as a professional. And so it ends up when you're referring out to people kind of haphazardly in private practice sometimes you don't know what kind of story you're going to get back. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an embarrassing thing to like refer out to someone and then like get some kind of nightmare story back. Mm -hmm. And when people have kind of gone through this similar like training program, it's like you guys all went through the same private practice training program, you know, Mm -hmm. like in general, like there's a 75% chance, like, oh, we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. We have the same background, um, as diverse as we are clinically and ethnically and geographically and all the other pieces, we have this like solid base of, wow, what does it really mean to show up and be an amazing therapist? What does it really mean to integrate outcomes work and make sure that we're doing good work? How, what does it mean to make sure that we're limiting our caseload so that we're not burning out? What does it mean to, you know, all the other pieces? So I think there is just this like shared values place, Mm-hmm. that comes and makes it easier to connect. And if you're not in boot camp, like, please know you can, there, there are ways to find that elsewhere. You just, you need to get in and like really get to know people in a deep way. Like, I think a lot of people hear the term networking and they just think go to places and, and trade business cards with people. And then they go and do that. And they go like, well, but no one's referring to me mm-hmm. because it's not just about trading business cards. You really need to, like you said, be able to convey your brilliance. Other people need to convey theirs. You need to get to know and trust that other person Mm -hmm. um, because you're, you're trusting your reputation. Every time you give a name, you're, that is a part of your reputation. It is a thing. When, when I refer even to like a website designer or developer, and then they like drop the ball, it reflects on me and I have become (laughs) <laughs> like we've had issues with zinni where we're like oh we'll refer to this thing then they get over over like they get too many clients they don't know how to scale and then mm-hmm. they drop the ball even after like years of doing great work and so we've become like very 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 careful in terms of who we interview people and say what is your scaling plan <laughs> what are you going to do if you get 100 calls tomorrow are you going to say no to people or are you going to say yes and then like drop the ball like because mm-hmm. we're not gonna do that anymore we're we're, we get frustrated so Mm -hmm. anywho my little soapbox for a moment but
0: but you're right networking is my husband used to tease me because when like I went to networking meetings at like local restaurants and like we basically hung around and had coffee and croissants and you know just chit-chatted and he was like oh you're good thing around I'm like no this is work like this is legit work
1: and it is,
0: you know, and it, you know, my, it takes time to build relationships. I mean, the same way, like we were talking earlier about how do we build clinical relationships with clients and what's a healing experience it's time. And it's really getting to know people as they are. And that's in real life. You know, my life is crazy. And my toddler is a psychopath. And, you know, I had a fight with my own spouse today. Like it's showing up as a real human being and people getting to know you and, you know, and when they know you. They also get a feel for how you are clinically. That's how you build the relationships.
1: Yeah. So I hope to hear some questions from you guys, like go and check out the show notes. Um, We'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to this on the podcast Um, and like send in your questions for, for Heather, I feel like we could have so many questions from this particular one of like all the things that we glossed over is really fun one. And um, if, well, if you if you need an excellent expert um, in Inland Empire or across California, don't call Heather because she's overbooked and has a waiting list already, and uh, she's got more than enough clients. To but think.
0: I'm create But that's the and I, okay. So last plug on boot camp, being creative, like the permission mm. to be creative. I'm like, okay, well, obviously, doing one to one is. I got to do more. And like the permission, be like, okay. Well, what are you gonna do? Like that's the attitude of boot camp. Like, okay, so what are you gonna do next? And I'm like,
1: I should do something next. What should I do next? <laughs> like, like, ooh, you know, it's time for group couples. Oh, it's time for a workbook. Oh, it's time for a you know for webinar trainings or what have you. Exactly. Ah, exactly. I love it. I love it. I love it. Again, thank you so much for your time and your heart and your vulnerability, um, <laughs> and sharing where you're at. And I know this is going to inspire.